Good morning, everyone. This is Austin Griffiths with two peas on a pod coming at you on this lovely Tuesday morning. And we are here today with an on-the-road interview. And uh, I am hosting solo today. And uh, well, Zach's still saying I still got him going. We're going to cut him off right there. And uh, But he is not here today. And uh, I'm an on-the-road interview, on the road, been preaching, traveling. And uh, so we're doing an on-the-road interview with just myself today, this this late evening on this Monday. Actually, it'll be released on a Tuesday morning. And uh, but we're so glad to be back on the podcast, and we got a special treat for you today. One of my favorite people, and uh, and I'm, I tell you, we're just overjoyed. And I still got him playing, don't I? There we go. And uh, and uh, Zach's just trying to take over. He ain't even here. He's just singing, singing, singing. <laughs> and uh, I'm just teasing Zach. And uh, but anyways, we're so glad to be here. And I uh, want to make mention, if you uh, would like to send us some feedback, criticism, suggestions, pretty much anything you want to send us, um, we got an email at 2Ps21 at yahoo.com. It's T-O-O-P-E-A-S-2-1 at yahoo.com, and we will get that and get back to you. And uh, I tell you, I'm just overjoyed to be here on this uh, lovely Monday evening coming at you on a Tuesday morning. I already said that. And uh, but we are here today at Straight Line Pike, I believe it's Pentecostal Church in Richmond, Indiana, and the pastor is Brother Johnny Shepherd Jr. And uh, we are here with him today, and uh, going to do an interview with him. He's got some great stuff for us today, and uh, we're just overjoyed to be with you. Glad to be here. I'll I tell you, this is one of my favorite people in the world right here. And uh, when I first met him. Now, those of you that don't know him, he might sound like he's five foot five and 150 pounds. <laughs> and uh, but when I first met him, I was very intimidated um, because I am about five foot five, uh, about 200 and some pounds. But anyways, not really. But I'm very tiny compared to Brother Johnny Shepherd, and uh, I'm not even going to go into how tall Thank and, you. and Thank the weight. You. But we'll just leave that alone, right? Leave there. it out. Leave it and, out. Uh, but I quickly found out. I was telling his son-in-law. I quickly found out after about a service or two being with him, I thought, there ain't nothing to be scared of. This is a gentle giant. And uh, and so I just appreciate Brother Johnny Shepard, one of my very good friends. And uh, we're just going to turn it over to him, and we're just going to let him start. And uh, right here at Straight Line Pike Pentecostal Church, Richmond, Indiana. So good to be with you, Brother Austin. I thought about uh, as long as you want to brag on me, I will sit here and let you brag. Um, that's a, a blessing, all the things you say. But just want to say how much we appreciate Brother Austin in this podcast. And uh, Brother Austin asked me to uh, address a topic that is uh, uh, very dear to my heart. And I want to start out by saying how much I appreciate my parents. Um, I was uh, born in 1975, July 30th. Uh, to a pastor and pastor's wife, and was raised as a, a preacher's kid my whole entire life. Um, at a very young age, I, I started to realize uh, that God had put something in my life uh, for the people that was at our church. Now, when I say that, um, a lot of these, you know, and I still have some in our church today that was probably there when I was born. I mean, they was, uh, uh, I've got really one and two, three mom and dads here because they're just so uh, close to us that way. But I thought about what precious people that God has placed in our lives. And and my dad pastored for uh, close to about 41 years, um, South 7th Street in Richmond, Indiana. Uh, the church was actually uh, incorporated in 1975. So the year that I was born is when he began to uh, pastor the church on 7th. Um, there was a a pretty good sized congregation, probably close to about eighty then. Um, just great people, just a, a great congregation to have. But I I, I want to say how much I put an emphasis on what a great mom and dad that I had. I thought about my dad was very strict on us kids. I had two sisters. Uh, I am the baby, and if you ask either one of my sisters, they can definitely say that I am the baby. So um, it's something that uh, 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 they made me the way I am, but I, I appreciate my sisters also. 
But I, I begin to notice um, at a, a very young age the need uh, that God was going to place in my life to the to love the people that we um, you know were pastoring there, and begin to uh, uh, just unite us together with love uh, like you can't imagine, and not really thinking uh, you know that I would ever pastor them. But I began to uh, think about Dad's life, and um, my dad was a sick man. Um, the last 10 years of his life, he was uh, in a wheelchair. It was something that uh, he had had a heart attack, which was also an aneurysm at the same time, and plaque went through his veins, hit his spinal cord, and it paralyzed him from his waist down. Well, I can remember being, um, you know, I'm the only boy, and so it was something that they, they leaned on me hard, and I began to worry that I was losing my dad. And I had this worry, uh, seemed like my whole life, and my, my whole life was, the, the worry was that if dad could never pastor, dad would pray to go on. And I, I knew without a doubt that um, there would come that time that all of a sudden that uh, dad became very sick. Uh, he really didn't let the wheelchair slow him down. He shouted about every service. Um, he uh, had big old hands like I got, and he uh, played a tambourine. And his favorite thing was he would love to sing. And he would push a service probably better than anybody I think I've ever been around in my life. And he would shout whether you shouted. He would pray whether you prayed. Uh, he would sing. Uh, I mean, if he had to sing five songs in a row, he'd sing five songs in a row. He did not like a dead service. And I think of things in my life that I look back on, and I'm so thankful for my upbringing. But in my teenage years, I began to notice there was a little bitterness there that um, that I'm not proud of, Brother Zach. Brother Austin. <laughs> and uh, uh, Brother Zach, well, he, we're just running over him tonight. He's not even here. I so. know he's not even here. But I began to notice uh, that I had a little bit of a bitterness to do with the ministry. And um, uh, it was something that, like I said, I'm not proud of. But I'd seen the ups and I'd seen the downs. I'd seen my dad go through things. And and uh, I'd seen things that dad faced that he, he wouldn't even let it bother him. He would just keep on uh, going on like nothing ever happened. And, and it was hard for me to understand as a, as a young teenage boy. And I began to feel that bitterness. So I'd made remarks, and I'd say things like, well, I'll tell you one thing, I'll never preach. Wow. And then I'd say things like, and I'll never pastor. And, and I can remember just having that, that feeling in there of, you know, I did not want anything to do with the ministry. I just wanted to be a lay member. And, uh, you know, sometimes people look at you and they, they don't like you to rehearse those things, but I want to I wanna lay some groundwork because it leads up to uh, one of the greatest things uh, that, uh, that I've ever experienced in my life. And, and I thought about uh, as I uh, got about close to 18, uh, God gave me a, uh, a precious wife named Flora. And um, well, I'll tell you what, what a pastor's wife. Um, she had a heart for the ministry, and um, boy, I tell you, she was just always supportive of everything, and she'd say, honey, let's work with the youth, and I'd say, I'm not interested in anything to do with the ministry. Well, as time went on, uh, my dad began to get sicker, and uh, things began to deteriorate uh, to do with my dad, and, and, and when I first got married, I was just saved, wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost, and needed more of God. And I can remember um, uh, beginning to get hungry uh, for a move of God in my own personal life. And I can remember going to a youth Saturday, and I can remember who was preaching. It was Brother Brian Miller. And um, only my wife had known the, the things that I had said about the ministry and that I didn't want to ever pastor or ever preach. And Brother Brian Miller gets up and he reads my life off that day. And I'd got to the point that I was um, just stagnant spiritually. Seemed like I was not growing spiritually. Seemed like I was, uh, uh, seemed like I really wasn't progressing like that I should have. I'd been in this my whole life. But all of a sudden, he began to preach my life. And I remember saying that Saturday, I said, Lord, 
I want your will in my life. And that was the, the cry of my heart, was I said, God, just your perfect will in my life. And I thought about it, started a hunger from that day forward, and I prayed, and, and God filled me with the Holy Ghost, and, and I began to clean things out of my life. And uh, right in the midst of that, God uh, gave us uh, two of the most precious things that you could ever have, and, and that was Morgan and Marissa, which is twins. And uh, me and Brother Austin have something in common to that have twins, right. and twins are the greatest thing ever. And, uh, you know, uh, two girls uh, that today are married to preachers, that God is using them. And, um, um, well, I'll tell you what, I said that God blessed me with two wonderful son-in-laws, and they can pay me for this after, you know, I did brag on my son-in-laws. But, but, you know, I had two little girls, and, you know, there's a, a desire in every man's heart to have a son. And um, I got to praying, and God gave us a son, which is my baby boy, and his name's Clay. And um, God blessed him uh, uh, with a precious wife named Brianna. And um, uh, just seeing God work in their lives, amen, and, and just seeing God do something great with them. Um, I, I won't get into my grandkids just yet, but boy, I'll tell you what, that could be an hour. <laughs> that could be an hour all by itself on my grandkids. But I can remember the day, I'm going to reverse just a little bit, that I was riding down the, I went and picked Dad up and, uh, and took him to the barber, and we're riding down the road, and I noticed this day that Dad was very, very quiet. And um, he said, I want to talk to you about something, and I said, okay, and I looked over and I seen Dad uh, tears streaming down his face. And he said, I want you to pray about something. Well, I already knew what God had spoke to me, you know, way before this, uh, that it was his will, you know, that I would have the church one day. And But I had that fear. I, wanna, I want you to want to emphasize this. I had this fear that if Dad ever gave the church, he would die. And so I'd always say, now, Dad, we ain't going to talk about it. You're, you're fine. You know, you're, you're going to be all right. You're, you're gonna, we're going to get through this. You're just feeling bad today. But this day was different. And he looked at me with tears, and he said, uh, I'm going to resign. And he said, I just wanted to talk to you about it first. And he said, and, and my desire is for you to take the church. Well, I already knew what God had placed in my heart, Brother Austin, to right. take the church. And it was something that um, I just had that fear that I would lose him. And that is the way that it, it happened, not that quick. But uh, he looked at me and he said, have you been praying? And he knew I had. And uh, But I said, Dad, now listen, we want to do this the right way just because I'm your son. You know, I don't want to just be uh, just because I'm Johnny Shepherd, senior son, that you just give me the church. I said it has to go through a, a vote. And I want the people to put me in. And he agreed 100%, but he looked at me and he said, so you are interested. And I said, Dad, a long time ago, God already spoke to me in my heart that I would pastor. And um, he said, well, he said, why didn't you ever share that with me? And I told him my heart. I said, because I felt like that if I ever just turned it loose, or you turned it loose, you, you would just pass away. And he said, well, he said, I am sick. And he wanted me to know that uh, God had already showed him it wouldn't be many days. And uh, so that was a little hard for me at uh, that point uh, to understand, you know, that, that Dad was uh, going to be taken from us. And uh, I thought about, uh, but when I looked at him and I said, Dad, put it before the church as a vote, there was a load that lifted off on my dad. I'll never forget it. Uh, when I told him that I was interested, he was uh, just like he said he felt like a, a, a thousand pound weight was lifted off of him. Just knowing that his work, you know, he had worked, uh, you know, the, the countless tears and the, the, the sweat that was put in that old building and the, the, the late nights and, and watching my dad. I was, uh, one thing my dad was was a prayer warrior, and if any of my buddies was listening to this, they would uh, agree we would wake up in the middle of the night and you could hear my dad uh, covered up in the Holy Ghost, uh, speaking in tongues, praying, and a lot of uh, our church members, uh, their names being called out. And uh, them things that I'll never forget that's instilled in me, Brother Austin, right. that I'll never forget. But I thought about it, went on, and um, he got before the board and 
told the board what was taking place and so they they put it before the church and the church voted and and not everybody gets the privilege that I got and it was a hundred percent vote there was not one no vote and I thank God for that you know because it's something that it was God's plan for me to uh, take over and one of the greatest privileges that I had was I got to, to pastor my dad and uh, you know uh, me and dad was not just uh, pastor and son we was best friends you know he was wow. just my he was my everything you know he was not just my pastor but he was my friend that I went to for everything and, and that's, uh, that's great right there that and a father and son can have a relationship like that that don't happen like that a lot that's right that's very that true don't happen like that a lot and that's one thing i've got three boys getting ready to have a fourth boy and uh i'll never i'll just give us right back to you but i'll never forget uh, my pastor when i was growing up brother benny sutherland he preached on amnon had a friend mm-hmm. and uh one of the most classic messages he ever preached yeah and he said if you don't want to be your child's friend There'll be a Jonadab that will. That's right. And uh, you know the enemy's going to walk in and be his friend if you won't be. Right. And uh, that's just awesome. That, yeah. that really is. He. Uh, uh, it, it was amazing to me because he come to me and at the time, and I don't want to mess every, anybody's uh, thought up because everybody's got a different thought of this, but he um, he said, uh, "Do you want me to go somewhere else?" And I said, "What do you mean go somewhere else?" And he said, "Well, you're going to be the pastor." And he said, you know, my people, they've been my people for 40-some years. Right. Uh, they're going to come to me. They're going to uh, uh, you know, want to come to me. And he said, I'm directing them to you. And I said, Dad, listen to me. I said, uh, work close enough. I need you here. You know, I, I need you. I said, matter of fact, this is what I really felt like that I did. I kept my dad as the pastor. I just assumed his responsibilities so till the day he died he was really considered our pastor and um and when i say that he never ever not one time did he ever like come up against me or try to say you better not do that if i needed counsel he was there for because i went to him a lot you know, I'd say, Dad, you know, here I was, uh, you know, early 20s, and, and uh, I think it was 2003. I may have been a little older than early 20s, maybe middle 20s. And and I thought about, uh, but I'd go to him, and I'd just bounce things off of him. And I can remember the first, uh, the big uh, item that I changed, and you got to realize, you know, Dad had a set routine. Uh-huh. Of how he was doing things. Forty years. Forty years. I mean, we we did. Uh, we went into Sunday school on a Sunday morning. We had Sunday school. We had um, the Sunday service after Sunday school. We had a youth service at six, and then we had an adult service at seven. Uh, my dad preached all of them and taught Sunday school. Oh wow! So uh, as a as a young pastor, I thought, man, there's got to be a better way. You know, so he preached at six, and then he preached again at seven. At seven, yeah. Oh, wow. So we, he did a young people service, <laughs> and then he did an adult sermon. Wow. So by the time that at the end of the day, and I'm when I say this, I say this respectful. He didn't wear me out, but I felt like I was going to wear everybody out. How do you right. go four times in one day? You know, that was just a big, a big thing. So I began to change how we was going to do our Sunday service, and I can remember in that board meeting, <laughs> Dad was sitting across the table, and I said. I'm going to change Sunday service. And he goes, uh, what do you mean? <laughs> and I said, well, <laughs> this is the way I want to do it. And I had a little routine wrote out that I'd love to, to try. And you could see, uh, he, he was like, oh, I think that's great. You know, I think I think that's great, but you could tell in the back of their mind, you know, the board was had. I've got two board members today that was with Dad when they started. Wow, that is still on my board today. Well, you could just see they had never had change. So when I when <laughs> I, I changed, you could see this the color drain out of three of them. You know, they're like now they love it. You know, it's just the idea of getting right. into the routine. So there there's things that that I loved. When the transition came, that dad was so supportive over anything that I wanted to change. Um, it, it was something that I look back on now, and I would have be the same way if he'd have been, you know, if I'd have been the pastor for forty some years. You know, dad had that church down there. It was built in eighteen sixty five. It had an upstairs sanctuary, so there was two set of stairs that went up to the sanctuary. 
and um, just a beautiful old building. We have one of the the tallest steeples in Richmond. So I mean, it was just a historical building. We had stained glass windows that was probably twenty foot by uh, close to eight foot wide. Five of them on each side. So I mean, this place was absolutely gorgeous to look at. And when my dad was in Vietnam, uh, he was praying, and, and God showed him this church. So I want to say that because I want you to notice that was Dad's life was that church, you know. So it was something that um, he uh, loved that church, and I did too. But I also began to notice when I became pastor that there was a lot of things beginning to run down that was going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. And so it was something that we began to uh, uh, put our heads together. And then in the meantime, uh, Dad, I pastored him for two years, and then Dad did pass away. And um, uh, uh, his passing was about more than you know this big old fellow could take. You know, it was just uh, uh, God got us through it. But you know, I depended on Dad for everything. And when I say that. I needed an answer from God. I'd go to Dad and I'd say, Dad, I need you to pray about this. I need an answer from the Lord. And man, my dad was a a praying machine. God would speak to him. And all of a sudden, I I realized Elijah's gone. He's gone. Yeah. And that's exactly right. That's the way I felt. And um, I'll never forget, I went to the church and I was just uh, really overwhelmed with grief. It was something that. I was just trying to get everything together. I, I was for the first time I was going to have to pastor without my pastor, and it was such a uh, an empty feeling of, oh no, you know, can I do this? Can I get through this? And I leaned on him so hard, and now I look back and I probably leaned on him too hard. So how old how old were you when this happened? Okay, I would have been probably about twenty seven. When, yeah, no, that ain't right. Probably about somewhere in my 30s. Let's just put it that way. I'm not okay. good with time. The Lord called me to preach in 2003, so somewhere in this, in between this transition. But, um, but I, I done had you know my children and everything, and and God was just uh, uh, helping us greatly. And then when the when the Lord took Dad, it was such a uh, uh, an emptiness there, and I can remember going to that church, and I knelt down, and I said, "God, can I do this?" And I'll never forget what the Holy Ghost spoke to me. The Holy Ghost spoke to me that he, the same God that Dad served was the same God that I served. Right. He let me wow. know that the same Holy Ghost that spoke to him was the same Holy Ghost that would speak to me. Right. And I began. To, I'll never forget. I still was overwhelmed with grief, but I, I left with courage. Of knowing, he felt like Joshua. Exactly, yeah. uh, knowing that God was going to be there, yeah. and I, I can tell you this up to this point right now, God's never failed me. There's been situations that I've I've been up against that I uh, didn't have answers for, and it seems like in the day that we're in, there's a lot of situations that we really don't have the answer for. That we have to run to God and say, God, I need your direction. I need your help. And uh, I, But I thought about what God has did in my ministry, and I'm not here to boast because I give God the glory for everything that has happened. But I thought about uh, about a few years after that dad had, had was gone, uh, my mom came down with cancer. And um, I can remember, you know, I was I was my mama's baby, and I, I thought about. It. I told the Lord, I said, "Now, I know that you you took Dad, but I can't stand the thoughts of losing Mom too." But it came to the to the point that it's been about three years now that that God took Mom on home, and um, I, I want to go back and say, as a pastor and a wife, they supported me and Sister Flora like you can't imagine. Just the the support that my parents gave, I don't feel like it's there for everybody like that. Now, I want you to notice something. If they would have brung somebody off the street uh, that they had never seen or people didn't know them, I wonder would it have been kind of different. 
you know, because yeah, not every, no doubt. yeah, not everybody's got the privilege right. that your mom and dad supports everything. I mean, in the ministry and and pushes your ministry. And I want to say this little funny story, but dad, the first night that I asked dad to preach after I, I became pastor, he got up and he preached a sermon on being a pastor backer. <laughs> and he said, he said, I've had this sermon, and he told how many years. And I'll tell you what he did. He literally skinned everybody's hide. And, wow. And I sit there as his son facing the congregation, and I'm going, oh, dear God, help me right here. You know, where's he going with this? But, but he just literally, he said he wanted people to know how to respect a pastor. He wanted them to know how to support a pastor. <laughs> and then I'll tell you what, there was no uh, stone unturned, Brother Austin. I wow. mean, when he, he got up, and it was that just so – notes have been wrote, wrote for years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guarantee you they was tucked in the back of that Bible for <laughs> years and years. But, but I look at that, and he just wanted me to know that he supported every part of my ministry. And I can remember little things like this. We would go, and Dad was known for preaching homecomings all over eastern Kentucky. And – and he'd say, my baby boy's here, and I want him to testify. And um, so I'd stand up, and they'd look at you like, you know, I'm 6'6". Six, yeah, they're six. expecting me to stand yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. You're looking for a baby <laughs> boy, you know. And, uh, it was so funny. One time I had this little kid come up to me, and they said, they called me Little John. And he said, how big is Big John? <laughs> and I, because here I'm six yeah. foot six, you know. So it's, but it's just the, the support that I felt from, from them. And then seeing God begin to take our ministry and begin to use us for His glory, and uh, that's something that still amazes me. Is uh, we got to notice in the old church, you know, the there were some things beginning to weaken down in it, and so we got a board meeting together and we begin to talk and we said it's time to sell the old church. And so when we got to that point, you know, Dad was done gone. And I was very nervous because I didn't know – I knew that I didn't want to go in debt over head over heels uh, to build a big monster church. And we was uh, uh, just really uh, putting our heads together to get some things uh, kind of set in stone. And uh, uh, Pastor Carpenter, Heisel Carpenter, uh, Brother Heisel, uh, come to us. And he said, uh, how do you feel about us merging? And um, you could – take over our facility and uh, boy I tell you what as a as a young pastor I began to look at a facility that was very low maintenance and and just very uh, up to date on everything and and I thought God can this really be a miracle for our church you know and and I look back we've been here almost 8 years right cuz merging could potentially be right amazing but it also potentially be a disaster exactly exactly right um and and that's the one thing we looked at is when we begin to pray you know they had a few left that uh, joined in with us that to me is the most amazing thing because i feel like i've pastored them my whole life that's how how god knitted them in with our congregation and it ain't like their congregation and our congregation and this congregation no it's all one big congregation and seeing God, only God can do those things. Right. Um, I can remember one day just asking the Lord, I said, Lord, this is bigger than me. I can't do it. I need you to do it. And what he did was he just totally, uh, I mean, one night, I'll never forget this one service. Um, I mean, the Holy Ghost came in this place, and people began to go across the aisle. And brothers was hugging brothers, and sisters was hugging sisters. And, and I began to watch God just totally knit us together and only God can do those things and when I when I say that I looked and I watched how God just began to give love in a congregation because I was very protective over what my dad had gave his life for right I mean God had blessed us we had a core of about 70 that um, I mean just was faithful they was uh, uh, just uh, there I depended on them, leaned on them, and I was very protective over them. But when God united us together, it was amazing because it became one big church. And only God, I give him the glory for that uh, because I know it was him. I knew it was him. But I look back at the old church, 
and them steps. Um, we're, you know, we've got some that are in their 80s now, uh, a lot in their 70s, late 70s, that could not climb them steps. And I, I think God looked way ahead, and that's what I love, is God is he's a very present help, but he's also the God of the future. Right. And when I look at that, and I even said it in, I think, one of my messages uh, this weekend, uh, that there was some that, that would have probably stopped coming due to the steps. And I thought about we had a little chairlift, but everybody was kind of afraid of the chairlift. But but I look at that and I think, how many would just stop coming because they couldn't have climbed them steps? And now God has gave us a, a property that is uh, one of the most beautiful properties in my book. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, I just feel like God has blessed us, Brother Austin. You no, know, in this area, rain all the time, mm-hmm. snow and ice. I was actually I stand in my fifth wheel here. Yeah, a couple yeah. of years ago, and. Uh, but just terrible weather a yeah. lot of the year. And, you know, steps like that are, are terrible. There's a church I know of right now. My wife's grandma's fell down the concrete steps a few times. Yeah. Just, you know, they're just not good for, for older folks. That is amazing. And right here, you got all this flat land. Right. And a drive through. Yeah. We actually have a little, <laughs> little carport that you can actually pull your car right up to the door. Uh, there's no steps other than going up on the platform, and there's that's just two steps. Right. But I, but I thought about how God had it planned. You know, we've got those that come that are on a walker. You know that there's no way they probably would have ever got upstairs. Yeah. And uh, the only thing that I regret in this whole transition is that my dad couldn't have been a part of it. You know, and dad was um, you know in that wheelchair, and he could have just rolled in. Wouldn't have yeah. uh, had no steps. You know, we would uh, put him on that chair lift, and then we would lift him over into his his wheelchair, and um, uh, he would worry so bad about uh, you know hurting us and and just the worry of the steps and everything. But but I thought about how God looked way ahead, and He said, "I'm gonna not only just call you to preach, but I'm gonna place you in a a, a pastor position, and then." Uh, he knew the worry that I had of the older church beginning to deteriorate. And he said, I've got this church out on Straight Line Pike that I'm going to give you. And uh, I thought about they, they sold it to us at a very, very, probably not even a quarter of the price uh, you know, that it's worth. Right. And uh, the, the thoughts that I, that I owe no money on it, you know, and it's the, the congregation's church. And I said, it's debt-free. And if we'd have had to build a facility like this, you're probably talking oh my. a couple million dollars. It's hard telling. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it would definitely, especially right now. Yeah, right now, just in the building material alone. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> hey, I seen a little. This is off topic, but somebody sent me a picture of some diesel prices, mm-hmm. and somebody they was at the gas pump, and somebody put a sticker there that said, "I did this," and it was Joe. <laughs> Uh, I think somebody said it to me too, but just seeing what God has did, um, I mean, I can't say enough how much I honor God. And you know, uh, my my kids are here except for Clay. He's in London. He's where God wants him to be. But having my family here and my uh, uh, grandkids here, you know, is uh, uh, did I tell you about my grandkids? Now, bro- now, brother, we can't go on for hours. Well, well let me just throw in just a little. <laughs> um, I just had a brand new one named Hudson. Yeah. A few uh, days old, right? Yeah, he's probably about a week now. About a week old. And, um, boy, I'll tell you what, we're blessed. We have seven. And then uh, uh, Brother Clay, is uh, his wife's going to have another one, so that'll be eight. And, um, boy, I'll tell you, we're, we're blessed. Uh, when I say that, I don't mean that lightly. God has blessed us in so many areas. Just the the way that he has met our needs, how he's blessed us with a church and uh, a warm church. One thing about that old building, it was so cold in the winters, nothing for us to have a $2,500 gas bill in a month. Sure. And, uh, you know, I think the highest one we've ever had here running all the furnaces is about 600 So, I mean, there's so many little avenues that I look at. Uh, we get to live in a parsonage. Beautiful place yes, that God has uh, uh, gave us, you know, and I don't know. I just can get so carried away 
on saying thank you, Lord. There's times that I come in this church and I sit on the back pew, and if you had ever told me in my early 20s that I would pastor, that I would be in this situation that I'm in, that God called me in, and uh, uh, one vital point that I did leave out, I want to go back and I, I jump around. I'm kind of <laughs> like a squirrel here, so just bear with me. But I thought about I was praying, and this was before Dad told me that he was going to resign. And I was at Brother Danny Scott's camp meeting, and I, they had asked all the preachers that was preaching in the meeting to come at 5 o'clock in the morning and pray. And I can remember praying uh, at the end of the seat, and I was asking God, I said, God, is that is that what you want me to do? And I, I can remember just pouring my heart out to the Lord that morning, and, and Brother Scotty Grooms come in. And, you know, there's only one big old voice like Brother yeah, Scotty right. Grooms. That's and, right. Hey, Brother Johnny. Brother, that sounds just like yeah. him. And he... Um, all of a sudden, he he makes his way to the end of the pew, and he and throws. You didn't, you didn't know him, did you? No, I, I'd met him one time, but to say I didn't even know he was Levi's brother, Levi's grandpa. Yeah. I mean, I just heard him say his name, so he didn't know nothing about me, and I didn't know nothing about him. Yeah. And he comes over there, and he throws his arm around me, and he begins to pray with that big deep voice. And all of a sudden, he said, "Brother Shepherd, God wants you to pastor that church." And he said, if you will step through that door, you will see that, that God will revive that work. And Brother Austin, you know what? We've seen God revive what my dad had started years ago. And, and seeing uh, souls saved and, That's right. and uh, seeing God, the power of God resting on our services. And, and I have no complaints. Uh, there's not one complaint. Well, I do have one complaint, and I'd love to see more souls saved. But yeah. I thought about that's the pastor's heart. But when I look at uh, all that God has did, there's not one thing that I can look around and say, boy, I would change this. Uh, we're actually sitting in an office uh, that was always my dream was to have a, an office to come to, uh, put my books out, and uh, right. have a little place to, uh, to just sit around and uh, meditate. And boy, I tell you what, I love what God has did. And if Sister Flora was here, I love to hear her testify. She said she always uh, desired to have a flower garden. And, and years ago, Sister Carpenter planted a lot of flowers along our sidewalk that come yeah. back every year. And uh, Sister Flora, she said, it, when they, they begin to bloom in the spring, she said, it's exactly what I would plant if wow. I, I had my flower garden. It was, you know, we would walk out our door and Brother Carpenter had planted a big a yellow a rose bush. And I mean, these are things that I know they don't mean nothing to nobody else. But to see my wife say, Right, you know that that was what I would I would have planted it right there too, and Sister Carpenter never knowing right. years down the road that them flowers would still be coming forth. But I thought these are little things to other people, but to us, what God has did is just the most amazing. And the words of a dear brother that passed away out of our home church, he used to always say, "That's him. That's him. That's I him. love it. Love it. Yes. Anytime something like that, he'd say, "That's him. That's him." And that's that's exactly the way I feel. You look around and say, "That's Him." Mm -hmm. But I give God the glory for everything He's done, and uh, just just my life. I look back at so many things that God shielded me from. You know, I, I thought about I had a dad that was a praying man, and God would show him stuff. He'd he'd read your life off to you, and uh, the. You know, a lot of our young people still today they would they'd say, "Man, if I ever done anything, I just dreaded <laughs> to go to church because Dad would just call you out and read your life off to you." You know, that's and, what that's what it used to be like yeah, all man. over the place. That's what we really need to get back to. That's right. People and uh, I don't want to advocate missing church, but people right. would say, "I would rather miss church than go if I was doing mm -hmm. something wrong," because it wasn't just the pastor. Them yeah. older saints, them older <laughs> ladies, those older men, right. they just, I was praying, the Lord said, and mm -hmm. just call people out. And, uh, you know, now, which, boy, we could talk for hours. We could. That's <laughs> right. That's exactly <laughs> right. You do anything now, step on any toes, and everybody's all, it ruffles everybody's feathers now. Sure. Uh, it makes you wonder, what have they survived? No. You know, under a, you know, even after I got married, 
you know, I, I was trying my wings, and, you know, I can remember uh, I always loved sports and still loved to play basketball with the boys, you know, but I, Dad would never let me be on the team. And so when well, I got – You don't even have to jump. That's just right. I'm just it. perfect underneath. That's right. <laughs> but Dad, he uh, – uh, I got on a little parks recreation team here in town, and, and boy, I tell you, I was just pumped up with pride. I can remember that. And uh, Mom and uh, Sister Flora, they went – shopping and I was sitting there with dad and and old dad looked across at me and he said uh, you wouldn't get on no organized sports team would you wow and I said uh, you know as a young as I, I stuttering like I am right now I was like uh, <laughs> uh, 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 well just park and recreation what, what, what do you mean yeah, organized yeah, yeah exactly that's <laughs> what I did <laughs> and he looked at me only dad could and, and I was a married man and he said you know better yeah and I can remember but all of a sudden I I can remember leaving and boy, I was mad. I thought, I'm my own man. But I look back now and I say, thank God, because I'd already lost sight of, you know, if I'd got mixed up in, in basketball, I was losing sight of what God really had for my life. And, you know, I, I go back to the things that Dad told me as my pastor. One time I uh, uh, was mad at everybody at church. You know, and I was their pastor, and I was mad at the whole congregation. <laughs> well, I went over to Dad, and I know Dad would be on my side, and and I said, "Boy, Dad, I'll tell you, I've had it." And I just laid it all out in front of him, and and Dad was a listener, man. He listened, and I remember these words. He looked at me and he said, "You know, I found in my life when I had a problem with everybody, the problem was me." Wow. Then I was mad at him. <laughs> You know, and I went home. Yeah. And I can remember uh, going up to my bedroom, and I, I shut the door and began to pray, and God showed me where the problem was. Yeah. But I, I think, Brother Austin, of the wisdom that he had, he could have said, yeah, they they done me bad for years, you know, and then yeah. I wouldn't be a pastor today. That's but right. I, but I, can, I can just say thank God for a, a man of God that had wisdom and words that to direct them the right way. You know, and I just uh, I give my mom and dad so much credit for what God's did in my life because they was hard on me. They was strict on me. I mean, they they didn't cut no corners. And dad told me one time, he said, if I let you, I got to let all them. Right. Yeah, that's and, right. And so it was something that, that he didn't care a bit. Uh, one time he looked at me and told me, he said, get off my pulpit. There wow. was something I did. Yeah. He did it in front of the whole congregation. And, and boy, at the time, man, it embarrassed me. You know, I was in my prime about 16, 17 years old, you know, and old dad looks at you and says, get off my pulpit. It was hard to take. Yeah. You know, but if, if Zach was here, you know, he was raised a pastor's kid. I, mm -hmm. I wasn't. and uh, But he would no doubt jump in right here and uh, and say that's exactly what my father-in-law did to yeah. my wife and and uh, brother-in-law. And you don't see that very often. Right. And uh, you know we're we're not here just to throw stones by no means. No, sir. And uh, but you do see that where the rules change when it comes to the pastor's kids, and it causes so much division right. and confusion. Confusion amongst exactly. the amongst the sheep because mm -hmm. then they lose all confidence in the man of God, which in turn, you know, they begin to question things about God. And right. that was one thing I know my wife has told me, and he's he said multiple times, is that whenever he. You know, my pastor preached on something; they had to live it. Mm -hmm. You know, they were right. members just like anybody else, mm -hmm. and uh, that's very that's very commendable. It is, and, and I, I'm so thankful that he didn't let down. Because if he had have let down, would I really? You know, I had to, uh, one time a coach from school called and wanted me to play basketball, and he told me I, I can remember it like it's yesterday. He said, "I'm gonna call your dad," and I thought, "But he don't know." <laughs> you're calling, you know, like, wow. Uh, but he, the next day, I'll never forget, he said, man, your dad is a hard man. And I thought, hey, he's just looking out for his kids. Right. And I remember my dad telling a man one time, he had something to say, and he said, listen, them's my kids. I'm, I'm shielding my kids. If you want your kids, you, you go ahead. But he said, my kids are going to go yeah. by my rules. That's for me and my house. Exactly right. That's and that's right. the way he, and the nights that I'd wake up and hear him calling my name. You know, and, and saying, God, please wow. help John. That's awesome. And, and them things that I feel like it built character. And, and But I give God the most glory for just shielding my life and uh, keeping me uh, 
and given me Sister Flora that had a heart for the ministry even when we first got married. And then he gave me beautiful kids that have a heart for the ministry. Right. And, uh, and boy, I tell you, God's just a, a great big God to me, Brother Austin. Yes, sir. Well, I'll tell you what, the scripture I was thinking of right before we done this, uh, we got just a few minutes. I'm going to end this right here. Is uh, there in First Samuel chapter three, and uh, you know very familiar scriptures that most any Bible reader will know, and uh, where God was calling Samuel, and uh, and oh, he, he had not known the Lord. The Bible says as of yet, and Eli, and he told him it wasn't me, it wasn't me, and after that happened uh, a couple times, he perceived that it might be the Lord. Yeah, calling Samuel, and he told him. He gave him that that wisdom, that advice. He said, "Next time that happens, he said, say, here am I, Lord, and uh, you know, here am I. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Yeah, man. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth." And uh, I just jotted down the note. We need to listen to the voice of God. Oh, and yes. you was given several opportunities in your lifetime to go a different way. You had opportunities. You had right. ways. You didn't have to take your dad's church. Just because you're the son of the pastor doesn't mean you you, you had to. Right. You had God had a calling, but would you listen? Yeah. Would you step in that role? Would you step through that door? You could have went another way. Right. You could have you know you could have let that bitterness that happens so many times mm-hmm. that we see in our movement and. Uh, that bitterness just take over that beast just take right. over and take you out you could be backslid right now right right if you if you'd have let that bitterness take over the ministry and that's where the devil loves to work yes, he in does. The, in that bitterness of the ministry and uh and, and just twisting words and twisting thoughts and just really turning molehills into mountains right and uh you know and just all that comes with that and i'm just uh i wasn't raised a preacher's kid or i'm first generation holiness preacher um but i've been a pastor's son-in-law for almost nine years now and so i I got the inside a little bit to see to see what a preacher's kid per se might go through when i'm over at the pastor's house you know for for all this time but we got to end this uh podcast here and uh but i tell you it's just been a joy to have you it's been a joy to have you and i don't know uh I don't know who all will listen to this, and uh, I don't know exactly when it'll be released. And uh, but I hope this will encourage somebody right. that if they are maybe a, a pastor's kid, maybe they're a pastor's daughter, um, wanting to you know get to marry a guy that's going to take the church, yeah. or maybe they're a pastor's son wanting to accept the role of their father. You know, I think this will be an encouraging episode to say, hey, you can't do it. Right. You can and make even it. Somebody younger, brother Austin. That's being brung up. That that the, it's critical that they shield their life, right? And you know, and just uh, take all the precautions you can. And not even maybe just a pastor's role, right? But a, a deacons or a musicians, and exactly. there's so many vital roles um, in the church. And this church right here, man, y'all got it made. Oh, we're y'all blessed. got it made. I travel all over the country, and uh, I'll leave that one right there. But I'm telling you, y'all got it made. The, the grounds, we're the landscape, and we pulled in with the bus. Uh, we pulled in and just uh, you know all the decorations and you just when you pull in straight line pike you see a church that cares. Oh, thank and, God! And uh, the the landscaping and you see I see you out mowing grass and uh, just, you know just you care you love it. Love this it. is your life and you, you know I can tell it. Yeah, and thank uh, God. I love that. And uh, but I tell you we're we're approaching fifty minutes. And uh, and so yeah, we're about four, a little over forty nine, and uh, so we're gonna exit off here this episode. And uh, but I tell you, I've just I've just enjoyed being with you. Oh, I've enjoyed it. Enjoyed. I've just it totally. enjoyed being with you. And uh, hopefully, hopefully Zach will enjoy this episode as well. And uh, but uh, you know, there ain't much we can do about that when, right. when I'm on the road. And, I called you Zach, so it's yeah, like he was here anyway. He's, so. he's probably a good four hours from here right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I could call him and jump him in. And uh, I don't know what he's doing tonight, but he's working uh, working a turnaround right now. They're, they've been working seven days a week mm-hmm. and just crazy different hours. And uh, so I didn't want to bother him. And uh, he's probably getting some valuable family time in that he's missing right now. Right. And uh, but I tell you, I've just enjoyed having you. And uh, one last thing is, is we're closing. What advice, just just for a second here, what advice would you give somebody that was in that's in your shoes, going back 
uh, you told your age the other night. I'm not going. I'm not going to repeat it. But uh, if I heard it correctly, but go back 20 years. If somebody was in your exact shoes, what would be something you would tell them? The main thing I would say, Brother Austin, is to stay focused. Stay focused on God. Have a prayer life. Uh, establish a prayer life. And stay focused on everything to do with the Lord. There's going to be uh, opportunities that arise, but keep your focus. The Lord's coming. And keep your focus on His will for your life is the main goal. Well, that's good. That's good. And hopefully somebody that's listening can take that to heart, and uh, and hopefully everything will work out. That's right. And uh, well, it's been a joy having you. We're going to exit off here. We're going to bring Zach in right now. Actually, that's Gordon Moat. Oh, Gordo, <laughs> right there. He's tearing it up. He can do it. Yeah. Zach's getting ready to come in right now. But this has been Two Peas on a Pod podcast, and we hope that you like this episode, and we hope that you subscribe, follow, tell somebody about us, and we will see you later. May God bless you. In this race of life I've run, the Lord says to me, my child, well done. There will be no regrets for me. I'll be living with you. I don't want to live life on the edge I'd rather live where the Bible says